Put God first. Your presence in their lives gives them validation. Our children don't need us to be superheroes. If you do these things, the next generation and the generations that follow will live in a world far better than the one we have today. Men, stand up, be fathers. Welcome to the Inspired Legacy Podcast, Season 1, Episode 11. Hey guys, I'm Mark Henderson, your host and founder of the Inspired Legacy. If you're a man looking to level up his life, if you've felt that call to fulfill a higher purpose, if you're passionate about being the best husband and father that you can be, then this is where you belong. This is the show dedicated to equipping dads just like you with the tools and knowledge you need to confidently lead your family, love them and yourself unconditionally, and leave a lasting legacy. Well, work is what God designed us for. And I think that's one reason why so many men lean so hard into their work. And of course, there's other reasons, but regardless, it's something that consumes much of our life. And for many business owners and entrepreneurs, you know, work is our passion. And if we're not in the office or in the shop working, then we're somewhere else, you know, at home or at a ball game thinking about work, what we need to do, uh, who we need to talk to, the problems that we need to address, you name it. The, the, the list is endless. Something is always on our mind. And there's something, or rather, um, when, when our minds are consumed with that, you know, um, it's because we are not only responsible for providing for our family, you know, we're responsible for keeping things running and profitable so that we can provide for other families as well. It's a huge responsibility, which is why so many men really without even realizing it, let their business consume too many corners of their personal lives, uh, to the point that, you know, they become distracted or blinded by issues that might be forming at home. And, you know, when we're not physically or emotionally present with people that matter to us most, then we become distant or disconnected and our relationships suffer as a result. And this can go on for, you know, literally years without even realizing it. Or maybe we do realize it, but we feel unable to do anything about it for whatever reason. Well, my guest today is committed to helping entrepreneurial men break free from this pattern. His name is Jim Shields, and he and his wife, Jamie, are the founders of an organization called 18 Summers. Through keynote presentations, workshops, team events, and private counseling, Jim and Jamie have helped hundreds of top entrepreneurs, families, and thought leaders from around the world focus and implement where it counts, at home. Jim is also the author of the popular book, The Family Boardroom. You have 18 summers to create lasting connections with your children. Now, that's a long title, but if that title doesn't provide a little perspective on the finite amount of time we have with our kids, then I don't know what does. Guys, the methods that Jim teaches are simple, practical, and proven, and in this episode, he touches on a number of them in enough detail that you'll be able to listen and walk away with tangible and practical steps that you can integrate into your family right away for deeper, more meaningful connection with your loved ones. And guys, once you've listened to this entire episode, again, could you do three things for me? First, subscribe to the podcast. Second, leave a positive review in iTunes. And third, 
If you find any value in today's show, I would just ask that you simply share it with your friends and help us get the word out. Pull this episode up online. There's a link in the show notes. And there you're going to find a plethora, that's right, a plethora of ways to share the episode. Um, Again, you guys know this, but I'll remind you anyway, I can't get the show in the hands of more people without your help. So thank you in advance. Okay, that's enough of that. And with that, I want you to grab a pen and some paper because again, there are a lot of great takeaways in this episode that you're going to want to remember and implement at home. Jim, welcome to the Inspired Legacy. How are you? Good, Mark. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I'm I'm glad we were finally able to get our schedules aligned here. It can be tricky, especially when we're dealing with uh, different time zones. But yeah, excited to have you on the show and dive in. Me too. Me too. So before we do dive in, um, you know, we're on a podcast uh, about dads for dads. So I know you're a dad. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what you've got going on at home? Give us your dad bio. Yeah, my dad bio. I am a dad and an entrepreneur, so I run two different businesses. I have four children, age ranging from two to 15. Two of my children are biological, two are adopted. And uh, I'd say it's one of the most important jobs that I have, one of the most enjoyable. Uh, I call it, consider myself more of an adventure dad. We do a lot of different experiences over materials together. And uh, I'm pretty involved in their education. I, I just believe that in order to have the best relationship with your kids, you got to help make sure they get the vital lessons not taught in school. Um, and you do that personally. And just that one thing has been a huge part of developing a good relationship with all my kids. So that's, uh, that's what keeps me busy between four kids, a great marriage, and, and running two businesses. Um, it's definitely, um, an integration. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You've got your hands full, no doubt. Well, I'm excited about the work that you guys are doing. Um, your organization is called 18 summers. Am I correct? That's correct. Yeah. So why don't you tell us uh, a little bit about that? What is 18 summers and how did it come to fruition? Yeah. 18 summers was developed because years ago I started to see a very large void in the spaces of personal development and entrepreneur events and wealth creation events. And it's even guys with big balance sheets were really struggling at home. And the goal of 18 summers, when we started the company years ago by doing parent child retreats for, for entrepreneurs and professionals and their children was to make sure that we were strengthening the relationship um, and not missing the valuable time that we have. A mentor of mine had taught me when I first started speaking on this years ago, and he was 70 years old, incredible shape, great guy. Um, we got into a deep talk on family. And he said, you know, my daughters, he had three daughters, are, are grown and we're close and they're always going to be my daughters. But I'm telling you, Jim, you got to just remember, you really only have 18 summers. And that just took me back. And I said, what do you mean? He said, well, you know, do the math. After those 18 summers, you've already spent on average over 80% of the time you're ever going to have with your kids in the life. And so that remaining time is finite. But if you really take hold of those 18 summers, you, you can say you made the most of that time that you, you know, really uh, didn't put things aside because what I've seen with a lot of entrepreneurs is saying, I'm going to put my head down for five years, seven years, 10 years, and then make up for it. And the problem is not all years are created equal. Uh, the time you're going to spend with your eight-year-old is extremely different than the time you're going to spend with your 28-year-old. 
And that's what has to be understood. So the whole goal of 18 Summers, developing our simple strategies and workshops, was to make sure that professionals, entrepreneurs are being successful at work and at home, not a stranger at home, not a person that's full of regret and guilt that they missed the most pivotal years. So um, that's what the 18 Summers business is about. Uh, we help entrepreneurs and professionals succeed at home. There's a lot of information out there how to better our businesses from teams to marketing to recruiting to all sorts of subjects, sales. Um, but there's very little out there how to integrate that with your family life to make sure that has meaning, that that has success, that that has enjoyment. Um, and that's that's the, I'd like to say, the void in the, the market we fill. We're the family connection company. I love it. Yeah, you just touched on so many key points there. Um, and first of all, I'm reminded by a quote that I just recently heard, and I think there's lots of versions of this quote flying, floating out there, but it's, uh, something like, as you chase what you want, don't forget about what you already have. Yes. And I think it just, yeah, it just, um, it really speaks to the fact that as, um, entrepreneur fathers, we have to be incredibly intentional about how we spend our time at home, like you said. And I got to think that if you uh, have a better work-life balance, so to speak, you know, you're going to be a happier employee or owner, business owner, and that in turn is going to lead to a more sustaining business, yeah. which is going to equate to, I would imagine, in most cases, more long-term success. And if your child is seeing you do all of that, accomplish all of that, um, while maintaining a good relationship at home, you know, who's who's to say that that child won't grow up and sort of be drawn towards that business that mom or dad has created and maybe want to step into their footprint and kind of take it over someday. Yeah. So I think that's a, yeah, it's yeah. exciting work that you guys are doing. No, I appreciate it. And and you're absolutely right, Mark. You got to remember, I've interviewed thousands of entrepreneurs now and there's such common themes. There's such overlaps in, in response that when entrepreneurs especially when they feel like they're disconnected at home they're not staying consistent they're kind of living on the surface they're more of like feeling like a part-time shift manager or a part-time disciplinarian or just an atm machine and that they're they're lacking connection and consistency the overwhelming response was there's two dominating emotions that take over if they're feeling that way and that's guilt and depression mm. and you don't have to talk to a performance expert to say when a person is feeling heavy guilt and depression, there's no way you can do your best personally or professionally. It, it's, it, it just physical, physiologically is impossible, mentally impossible to do your best if the dominating emotions you're feeling from not being connected at home, feeling successful at home with guilt and depression. You can't do your best at home or at work. Yeah. And it seems like increasingly in this day and age, the combination of those two feelings, emotions, oftentimes leads to some pretty tragic circumstances as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, and what what I've found is, yeah, when we run up that entrepreneurial mountain so hard and so fast with really good intentions, you know, to provide, to protect, we have to remember that they want you. These are your most important clients and team members overall and you you can't shuffle them aside you can't completely delegate yourself out of family life and if you try 
then all of a sudden years later people stop and they look around and their family might be gone that but what happens more often than that mark is what i see is they're not gone but if there was absolute truth given the situation you'd have to admit your family basically views you as a stranger again like i said you're kind of just a part-time shift manager or atm machine you're you're not really a part of the family and that is a awful spot that I've seen people get into. And the good news is it doesn't have to be like that. Yeah. If we can just set, and I know we'll talk about in the call, some intentional habits, some intentional action steps, you know, starting with certain rhythms that we add into our family life, it, it can make, get us 80% of the way there, not a hundred percent of the way there, but, but a good 80% of the way there. Yeah. So let's get into that. I'm intrigued by this uh, concept of rhythms. I know that these, these rhythms, you know, routines with our kids, it's really important, you know, it gives them something to, you know, it gives them a sense of security and trust and uh, something to look forward to, but it also gives us parents an opportunity to really develop uh, meaningful relationships. But again, this is part of what you do and what you've uh, come up with this structure. So tell us about rhythms. What does that mean? Yeah, and rhythms, again, you can, you, you have to, it's hard to decipher always. Some entrepreneurial principles you can take from business and bring them home and have good success, like rhythms. Others uh, can be disastrous. So you got to know which one is which. A disastrous one is the art of delegation. We love to delegate at work. It's an important thing if you're running a big organization. If you try to over-delegate at home and cross that line of delegating yourself completely, family life, you will feel the guilt and depression years later. So that one doesn't work too well, but rhythms, which I know, I think the Rockefellers and other people talked about it. Vern Harnish talks about it a lot. Who's the founder of EO, you know, set rhythms that you follow consistently that create great results. And a mentor of mine told me, set, rhythmize your life around your greatest relationships. And that was years ago. And that always stuck with me. And what rhythms are, again, rhythms, I don't like the word habit as much because habit, you can have a, hab, a bad drinking habit. You can have a habit of yelling at people all the time. That sounds very um, unintentional. Yeah. Rhythms have that musical element. You're beating the drum to keep, uh, to keep the, the harmony. And that's what rhythms do. And rhythms are important spaces and activities that you intentionally do that create great results. And they're, they're like the sunrise and the sunset. You can usually depend hopefully on our sun rising in the morning and the sun setting at night. They become these, these pillars to keep you grounded, to save you from yourself. If you're a heavy, crazy entrepreneur worker. So rhythms just are very intentionable, um, time and spaces that you consistently do over and over to maintain the best results at home if that makes sense. So yeah. I, I can give you one. It doesn't matter what's going on where I am. You know, every Thursday night is date night with my wife. We call it date night with a question, meaning that we don't want to just sit there and go, how was the weather? How are the kids today? So we have a, a, a rhythm now where every Thursday night is date night from five to eight thirty. My phone's off. Her phone stays on just for the, for the nanny. Yep. And we go out, have our own time. and we also bring one powerful question, not what is your favorite color, but something like name a time that I really didn't show up for you 
and what I could have done differently to help the situation. Oh, that's deep. I mean, something deep where it might be, let's name, what's the best vacation we've done in the last five years? And what's another one that we could do that would probably be as good. So it could be light, it could be heavier, but it's basically, if you keep a rhythm, let's say with your spouse, and I know marriage is super important to entrepreneurs, and unfortunately, entrepreneurship can destroy marriages. Um, but that simple rhythm has helped so many people. And if you take a date, ask each other a powerful question, rhythms build upon them. So at the end of the year, you now know your wife or, or husband way better because you've gone into 50 deep questions that you've gotten answered very clearly without the phone distracting you in, in a you know good, very intentional environment. Um, so that's just one example. And I don't have to think about mm -hmm. it. a rhythm. You don't have to think too much. See, I'm, I'm, um, I'm a quick start. If you know what that is from Colby. So I, I don't have the best follow through. I, I, I'm, I'm really passionate. I'm really energetic. I'm a hard worker, but follow through and details are not my strong suit. And by putting date night, the same night every week, you know, every, the same time, I don't have to think about it. I just know what's happening. I'm not having to schedule it every week. It's already scheduled. Right. Um, the same thing that kind of got us on the phone today. I released this years ago, almost 10 years ago now, how I would do these quote unquote board meetings with my kids. And that was kind of the rhythm that got 18 summers on the map uh, because so many entrepreneurs are feeling disconnected from their children, uh, spouse as well, but especially their children. So we started a, a philosophy just in our own home that our kids were our most important investors and clients. And I know that most big companies every quarter would have what's known as a board meeting um, where they get the team together and they would reunite the team and, and then look ahead to the next 90 days. You know, lots of companies do those. And I said, why shouldn't I be doing that with each of my kids? If they're that important that I should be having a board meeting with them every quarter one day with them that's dedicated to them to regroup the relationship, have some fun and look ahead to the next 90 days. I've been doing that with my kids for almost a decade now. And from dad's groups I've spoken at, from entrepreneur events, this one strategy has merit and stickability. And people have said it's, it's by putting this one rhythm in, a lot of their fears around the relationship they have with their kids have been removed just from having one intentional day every quarter with each of your kids. And the strategy says a few simple principles, but I'm just giving you a couple of examples of rhythms where again, you don't need 40 or 50 of them, but three or four really powerful rhythms set to your family life can start to calm the storms, can start to give you again, like that anchoring. So you're not just some ship getting thrown around at sea, which it can feel like sometimes. And um, that's what rhythms have done for my family life and so many others. Yeah, I love it, man. I love the idea of being intentional with your wife. I know that, you know, this podcast is for dads. And so by nature, we kind of focus on the father-child relationship. But obviously, that wouldn't be there uh, if the if the spouse relationship wasn't there as well or, you know, had a, a solid foundation. And I know that a lot of people are familiar with the concept of date nights. But like you said, if we put it on the calendar... And it's just there. So when things pop up during the week, you don't have to think about, well, when are we going to fit in date night? Because you fit everything else around date night. And exactly. These are the big rocks like Stephen Covey talks about. Yeah. They go into the jar first and everything else goes around it. 
can they be moved? Sure. I mean, there's, there's my wife and I are teaching at an event in DC together, um, this week. So we're going to push date night back to further on the weekend, uh, because we're going to be teaching up there together and we like to have our alone time for the date night. So you can change it, but for the most part, I don't have to think. I just say, Oh, Thursday night, date night, oh, Thursday night, date night. Oh. And, and that's just the ability where you don't have to think about when it's going to be and that you're not saying, Oh, let's sit down and try it. If you're always trying to fit it in here and there, that's really hard. Yeah. And the, the idea of incorporating a, a thought provoking question in there. I love that because if you just rely on day to day interaction, to stimulate deep and mm-hmm. meaningful conversation with your spouse, it's never going to happen because you, you know, you're at work all day. Then you come home, you got to fix dinner. You got to get the kids ready for bed. And then by the time they're in bed and sleeping, you're tired and the day's done. And it, to, yeah, just to be really intentional about that. Uh, I love that. That's yeah. powerful and, stuff. And, and being a dad's podcast, let me tell you, there's something that a lot of entrepreneur dads are guilty of me included. We don't realize that I, I look, I run two businesses. I know you you are, you know, drawing the sword on certain days and cutting through the forest for your family. You're working hard and hats off to you. But the thing that we don't realize when we're working hard, if we have to travel to an event or you're going to this or that, life at home continues. And man, there are a lot of moving parts. So if we don't even stop to almost recognize like they need a break as well, Mm-hmm. that this is their special time and it's not constantly watered. Rightfully so. Wives can start to feel resentment. They can start to say, you have no idea how much this is at home. And we, yeah, 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 we're dealing, taking care of this big deal. But man, it is a lot of moving parts for our wives at home. And we, the more I remember that, that life continues, just because I go away for three days doesn't mean that no life continued at home for three days. Yeah. Probably more. Um, and just, that's been a really important distinguish, um, distinction for me. And so I would encourage guys consider that. And then again, you say, gosh, yeah, I do forget. I do rush. I do want to thank her. And I forgot, man, if you have a rhythm there, it saves you. You will have very clear space where, where that is, uh, that's not affecting you, that, that you are fully there and able to do that consistently. Yeah, that's a great point because like you said, we're, our heads are deep and down on the business and if we don't come up for air and be intentional about touching base with our, our spouse and our kids, uh, things come up in their lives, issues come up and if we aren't intentional about spending this quality time with them, there's no way for us to get a, a temperature gauge and what's going on at home and if we're not you know, present uh, mentally things can, can get out of control without us really even realizing that it's an issue until it's too late. Exactly. Exactly. So, but that's why rhythms save us from ourselves. That's what I always say. And it definitely has been true for me. So going back to the board meeting concept, I know a lot of guys struggle with, okay, they have, they finally get some alone time with their kids. Maybe they've taken them out to eat or, or what have you, but they struggle with, connecting. Do you have any recommendations to guys that just kind of have a hard time coming up with things to talk about with their kids? Yeah. So a couple of things on this. First of all, it's normal. So don't feel it's weird. I mean, we really were raised in a, in a John Wayne society, which I was a big John Wayne fan in Westerns, but you, you could have a, a bullet 
through your side and you weren't supposed to complain about it. You know, you weren't, you were supposed to hold everything in and all that. So to share feelings or connect with them deeper, have open conversation, it's harder. Mm-hmm. It's, it's almost how we were raised as, as men. And it, it, I think that's why men die earlier because we try to live that. Uh, and I'm not saying you have to be a blubbering mess um, over every little thing. But but you do have to have some vulnerability. Yeah, you do have to be able to communicate. You do have to be able to express appreciation and gratitude for these important people in your life. You you are going to have that disconnect. Um, and one of the things I find again, when people don't have rhythms, it's very sporadic. Or again, I always joke that you know us guys are big dumb animals. We don't know timing. <laughs> we'll we'll try to all of a sudden start connecting with our. Um, 13 year old daughter at the busy um, breakfast table. And this is in front of like, you know, phones going off and dogs barking and little brother. And, you know, I want, I want my kids to talk to me more about things. You have to set the stage for connection. I mean, would you want to talk about puberty in front of your little brother? (laughs) I mean, gosh, shoot me now. Right. These are what our kids are thinking. So you have to set the stage for connection. Same way you would for building a good company culture, for you know bringing on important clients, handling sales, you set that stage, and that's what our rhythm of the boarding strategy does. And what what I've encouraged is again, it's something you'll remember forever in thirty seconds. My kids are my most important clients and investors, therefore I treat them so. So every ninety days, I do what I call a board meeting, quote unquote, an important meeting with each one of my kids. And there are only three guiding principles. Well, it's once a quarter and it's for at least four hours uninterrupted. And then the three guiding principles are one-on-one without electronics, a fun activity with focused reflection. That's it. And I'll go through the basics of it. So every quarter I'm spending a half day to a full day with each of my children. I have four children. My Youngest is two. He's just starting his board meetings, which is pretty exciting. So we will be together for a day for at least four hours uninterrupted. That means one-on-one. I am going with my son. Their siblings are not invited. Their best friend is not invited. My best friend is not invited. My spouse, my wife is not invited. It's us one-on-one. One-on-one time is one of the most powerful principles for deepening relationships. It puts the magnifying glass on those two individuals in a good way and gives them a chance to connect better than even a hundred person family reunion, because those are fun. Those are exciting. Those are great, but you got to separate the parts of strength in the whole. So we get one-on-one with each of our kids. Second thing is without electronics, the importantness, the, the importance of just this, Unavailability right now is so key to the avoidance of burnout and depression. We are so on with our smartphones now. Yeah, We are never off. And we can all think of the time that our kids were trying to talk to us and we were responding to a text or thread or this or that. And we gave a very bland, half-ass answer. And we think, oh, our kids didn't notice. But guess what? They did. They definitely did. And it's just become such a, a a blockage of true connection. We have to have periods of what I call intermittent tech fasting. 
Um, everyone hears now of intermittent fasting. I practice it for myself where you only, you know, you fast for almost 16 hours and then only eat between the hours of 12 and seven or something, let's say. Mm-hmm. And what that's supposedly to do is rejuvenates the, the, the body, the organs, good for weight loss, muscle maintenance, all sorts of things. And I started doing that in parts of my life with electronics. So no electronics are on a board meeting. My phone goes off for four hours and people go, oh my gosh, you're turning your phone off for four hours? And absolutely I am. And that goes for if you have a teenager that might have their phone, both phones are off because it is not true connection. If you're sitting at a lunch table together and one person is on Twitter and the other person is, is playing games. So we have a no electronics rule. Um, their phones are not invited. And then third, a fun activity of my son or daughter's choice with focus reflection. And what I can explain them that is they choose the activity. Again, we entrepreneurs, we know it all. And we have best intentions. Again, we're, we have really good intention. We think, oh, this is what they really want to do. But if you want to see real ownership, if you want to get a better idea of your kid's passions and interests, let them create the day. Whatever you'd like to do, you know, within money reason, I get it. But whatever you'd like to do, let's do it. I've learned more about my kids' passions from letting them choose the day than anything else. And when they choose the day, they have ownership. They've built the day. They're in. They're, they're not being told what to do. They're telling us what to do, which for this, I'm okay with. Um, and all that means for focus reflection, by the way, fun activity of focus reflection is the shortest definition there is for experiential education. And experiential education, bar none, has been proven to be the most powerful form of learning on the planet. Uh, but it's rarely used on a mass scale because it's harder to uh, apply. It's it's a little more work to set up. And But now we're using this form of education to strengthen the relationship with our kids. And it's worked really well. It's really enjoyable. Uh, but how it is, is what basically what this means is you put your students as a, you do experiential education in direct inspiring experiences, and you follow that up with focused reflection, but talk about the activity and bring up other subjects that help clarify values and strengthen the relationship. That's what we do. So your kid chooses the activity. You have this fun together. You might have a meal. And at the end, I just save a little time to talk. It's not like some hallmark scene every time, uh, but I just leave it open. And I start with the first and foremost question of experiential education. What was your favorite part of today and why? And you sit and you listen. That has been so important just to open up the doors. Because what that does, you'll start to hear what they say. Then they're usually going to ask, well, what about you? Gives you the chance to answer back, to give some vulnerability, to apologize maybe for being too hard on them. All sorts of things open up from this little space of this little rhythm. And it builds one off the next. Again, I have uh, going on 16-year-old. And people say, oh, you're 16-year-old. They're not going to want to hang out with you. He has said, I really appreciate how dad continues to take one-on-one time with me. And this is coming from a 16-year-old that it might not be cool to say that, uh, but he also has a two- and four-year-old brother and a, a brother and sister and a 13-year-old brother, and he wants some time to himself mm-hmm. with me, and I really appreciate that. So these things build one off of another. So if your people are looking to be able to connect, Mark, this one simple strategy is now helping thousands. And some pretty well-known thought leaders and entrepreneurs have credited as their grounding mechanism for the relationship with their kids. So just setting that space, saying, how do I connect deeper? We're all thinking we have to say something. 
And that's important, but you also have to set the intentional space and keep feeding it consistently. And that's what this strategy will do. Well, I have no doubt that it is powerful and effective. I'm sitting here taking notes about as fast as I can write. This is really great stuff. Going back to the uh, the reflection, I got to think that it's probably helpful if this is done maybe while you're sharing an ice cream cone or, or something like that, just kind of keep it loose and continue the fun into the reflection time. Is that accurate? Yeah, I like to have a fun activity together. And then usually we eat a meal. And then at the end of the meal, maybe when you're driving home or you stop someplace else, uh, like my son and I, I talk about it in my book about stopping on these jetty rocks that we like and having a talk out there. Um, it, it's at that ending part where you've had time for decompression. See, the problem is, again, you set this intentional day. You, your phone has been off, so you've shown respect. They've shown respect. Decompression occurs where you like, and that's when open communication can happen. The problem is we try to get right into it in little snippets. But here we've set the stage. Your phones have been off. It was a planned day. You've gone a few hours. You've done something fun together. You've been laughing. You might have had a good meal. It's so much easier to try to start communicating at that point. Not, not completely easy. Believe me, there's times where I've had to start the conversation at that point and being old programmed guys guy, <laughs> like, I don't want to say anything. I just want to sit there quietly. I feel like puking about trying to share something, you know, vulnerable or things like that. But I do it anyway. Yeah. Um, and it, it is easier though at those stages. I like the idea of doing it in the car as you're headed home. Cause uh, I think yeah. that, you know, you're confined in the car. It's not like they can walk away and escape the conversation, first of all. And uh, in other past uh, interviews that I've done, um, it was brought up to me that there's actually studies that indicate that um, kids, people in general, are more apt to be vulnerable when they don't have to sit face to face with somebody. So, just the simple Interesting. setup. Yeah, just the simple setup of sitting in the car. You're both facing forward, not having to look directly into the person's eyes. You know, granted, eye contact is important, but you're able to break that more easily in the car. And I think it leads to a little bit more um, genuine, transparent, vulnerable conversations. So food for thought on that one. Yeah. And, and again, the consistent watering. If you live in more of a deserty area and you got to water your plants, um, you don't have to have it all the time, but there has to be some sort of schedule. What I found is again, 90 days to spend a half day every 90 days with your children. It, it, it seems too simple, but the results have been staggering for so many. Sure. Would you say that 90 days is the bare minimum? Like, is there such thing as too frequently for a practice like this? Well, I, th I mean, again, I, I spend week, you know, time, daily time with my family. Sure. And, but the problem is we want deeper time. How do we connect deeper? It, it can be hard to, con you know, we have connection and cohesiveness as a family, but the best way I've found is to separate the parts to strengthen the whole. So, but you also want to make those memorable. Like if you and I had a birthday every week, would a birthday be that exciting? Yeah, I know Probably what you mean. not. Yeah. Um, but again, I don't want to wait a year to do these. And I've heard people say, I get together and we do something once a year. And that's a good start. But again, a lot of the performance experts, um, personal development people talk about, you know, they have the 90-day blueprint, the 90-day breakthrough. You know, entrepreneurial companies of great success, you know, every 90 days have that board meeting, again, to reunite the team and look ahead to the next 90 days. It's like a course correction. It's a refastening. So I found 90 days is a perfect time. Again, I talk about this in the book that 
the um, 90 days gives you the principle of anticipation. Like it's, it's, it's within the horizon. They can see it. They're talking about it. They're planning the next one. So it keeps them in anticipation of the next one and in reflection of the last one. So to look back, you know, 90 days, within the 90 days, it, it wasn't so long ago, like, oh yeah, what happened? It's still fresh in their memory. Mm-hmm. So 90 days seems like a perfect period to be anticipating the next one and reflecting off the last one. That's just what we found. And, um, and again, being entrepreneurs, we try to say, Mark, well, hell, this is great. One-on-one, turning off the phone, doing something fun together. I'm going to do this one a week or I'm going to do one a month. I say, okay, but life moves pretty fast. Yeah. And then all of a sudden we miss it. And then we feel bad. And then we say, well, screw it. I'm not doing any. And then the next thing I find is I say, people, are you still doing it? They're like, no, I missed it. I tried to start doing it once a month. I missed it. And I haven't done one in about 14 months. And I go, man, let's not, again, don't bring certain entrepreneurial things home. We all know as entrepreneurs, we bite off more than we can chew. Start with this. See if you need to do more. Um, But I don't like to set people up for failure, Mark. I want something that can last even for us ADD entrepreneurs. And this one seems to be easy to follow at 90 days. Yeah. Well, that last point you made is kind of where my mind went too, is I think if if guys set out to do this more frequently with the best intentions in mind, and if they set those expectations with their kids, and then, you know, like you said, life moves fast and things come up and we're not able to um, carry through on those plans, then your kids are disappointed and let down. And if that happens, it's not a good situation either. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. We want to set people up for success. This is about success at home, not not doing extra jobs and and you know setting them up for failure. One last question around this routine here, around this rhythm. I always like to look for teachable moments with my kids, and I you know try to speak wisdom into their life. Oh yeah. How much of that do you do during these four uninterrupted hours? Is it purely just fun, and carefree, or how much of that time do you spend like trying to speak into their life? Oh my gosh. I mean, teachable moments, you hit, those are, those are my words right there. I'm with you. I mean, my wife ran Montessori schools, so that's what a big concept of Montessori is teachable moments, not just lecturing, but getting involved in those experiences and then pulling lessons out. Um, I have so many teachable moments, you know, like when one son was afraid of heights and we climbed the lighthouse, I go into the story and just to go through that, and he made it to the top, which he was shocked of himself because he really was afraid of heights and he chose the activity. So the conversation we had that day sticks out as one of my most memorable where I said, you know, you chose the activity of something you were afraid of. Why did you do that? Um, and we talked about how it felt to have the victory and how he, you know, he'd go up one flight of stairs and then sit on the landing bench and wait and catch his breath and work up the courage to go to the next one. And it, we were able to talk about, you know, incremental growth. And then, you know, I was able to be very vulnerable where he said, dad, have you ever been afraid? And I got to tell you guys, you know, all the the guys, guys out there going, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I I was so ashamed. I mean, what kind of, what kind of image was I putting up that if my six-year-old son acted, I'd ever been afraid. That, that's not something they can relate with. And of course I have tons of times. So I started to tell him, oh, buddy, at your age, I remember being afraid about this. I remember being afraid about this thing I was dealing with two weeks ago. So I was able to share vulnerably. Yes, of course I felt fear and here's how I try to deal with it. And I don't deal with it perfectly, but this 
concepts guy is absolutely this strategy, this rhythm is made for teachable moments mm. without a doubt, without a doubt. Um, so if you're a person of teachable moments, and again, I love that expression. I'm a huge Montessori guy. Um, and, and again, that's a big principle of them and other groups, but, um, absolutely guy teachable moments, double thumbs up. Yeah. I love it. I'm excited to put some of this stuff into practice at home. This is just great stuff. I know I have listeners who, whose kids are maybe grown and gone and, uh, or maybe their kids are past that ideal window to start utilizing some of these tactics. What would you say to those? Yeah, let me, can I yeah, go ahead? Yeah, no, that's a great, great question. And I, I'm sorry I jumped on you. I get excited about this. Like, <laughs> Dang it. I, you know, I've done enough interviews now where how could I leave out this golden nugget? I'm glad you brought it up. Good question. People say my kids are already 18. My kid's 23. Here's the challenge I put to them. Take the principles of this simple rhythm and set the goal to do one a year with your grown children. Just one a year. One-on-one without the phone doing something fun of their choice and, and spending time talking. Game changer. Game changer. People have started doing this with their grown kids going, this is the super glue. They live, you know, halfway across the, the country, you know, have a busy family life. We still schedule this. I fly in and, you know, or they're on a family vacation. They cut out for half a day, just the two of them. I really encourage if you have grown kids to set once a quarter. Again, I don't like to set people up for the kill. That's going to be too much. They're living there. They have family. They're doing this. But to get a half day a year with each one of your children one-on-one without the phone, having time to do something fun together and have deep conversation, it will fill those voids that we feel like we're not connecting. Mm. And again, remember, if your kids are over the age of 18, you've really already spent 80 plus percent on average of the time you're ever going to have with them. So why not eat up that last 15%? I mean, make that just so damn delicious and, and, and take the bull by the horns and this way can do it. And I've had people just call me emotional wrecks saying, I've done this now for two years with my kids. This one day is absolutely the foundation. We have other good moments and connection, but this, this is what really gives us that, that grounding, that fascinating. So it's never too late is what you're saying. Never. Nope. Absolutely not. Yeah. And guys, for those of you listening with younger kids, take it from us who have older kids. Jim is absolutely right. You've got 18 summers at best and it flies by. I know when you've got younger kids, this is kind of how my mind was working. Uh, when my kids were young, I had that mentality of like, Oh, that, you know, they're only two. We've got plenty of time to do this and that, and man, it goes by in a flash. And when you kind of started explaining the the idea around 18 summers, I almost got a lump in my throat thinking about how fast that time goes. And me too. Yeah. I wish there's lots of things I wish I could go back and, and do again, or, um, just do period because I just m- totally missed the opportunity, but it's a great reminder for everybody. But it's never too late. Like you said. So I always encourage people. Yeah, we all could have done better. We all could have done that. Now we see it. So it's like, okay, what are we going to do with what's left? Yeah, absolutely. Well, Jim, as we wind up here, Obviously, all of what we've talked about today is in an effort to ultimately build some sort of legacy, right? And so Mm -hmm. when you hear the phrase, an inspired legacy, 
What does that mean to you? What is your personal definition of an inspired legacy? An inspired legacy for me would be uh, a legacy that's lived and left and helps your kids to want to continue the same values. So when I say lived and left, what I mean is a friend of mine taught me that years ago that part of your legacy is not you dying and leaving stuff. It's you're living your legacy right now. And that's kind of exciting where we think of, oh, we're going to miss to see our legacy. You can start living your legacy while you're still here. And I think that gives a positive push to really see it come to fruition. Um, and then once we're gone, uh, hopefully our people closest to us, our children, our students are going to live the same values that we try to teach. That's an inspired legacy. I love it. Jim, you guys are doing incredibly important work again. And everybody listening, I want to encourage you to go out and get a copy of Jim's book. It's called The Family Board Meeting. Jim, tell people where they can find the book and where they can connect with you to kind of stay plugged in with everything that you've got going on. Yeah, um, you can just go on to Amazon and the book is called The Family Board Meeting. You have 18 summers to connect with your kids. And uh, if you want to learn more about what we do with speaking workshops, um, working with families, you can go to www.18summers.com. Jim, thanks again for your time today. Really appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for having me. We'll talk to you guys soon. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed that conversation. I learned a ton. And like I mentioned during the interview, I was taking notes literally as fast as I could write. There's so many good takeaways there. So again, I hope you took something away. I hope there's something there that you can plug into your own family life and improve things at home. If you are looking to keep your axe sharp by surrounding yourself with other like-minded dads, I want to invite you to join our free and private Facebook group. You're going to find encouragement, support, accountability, spiritual growth, and there's a link to this group in the show notes. Guys, again, I want to thank you for listening. Remember, subscribe, leave a review, and share our message because I really do believe that when we all work together to lift up fatherhood, we're going to change the world one dad at a time. Until next time, live inspired.